I want you, uh, if you will, to turn to Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. Uh, Acts chapter 5. And I want to read this and then I'm going to share with you. Uh, the Bible says uh, in verse, from verse 38, for the sake of time, I'm going to jump in. The Bible says, so in the present case, I tell you, verse 38, says, keep away from these men, speaking about the disciples, and let them alone. For if this plan of this undertaking as of man, speaking of them preaching the gospel, if it's a man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice and when they had called in the apostles, they beat them. Somebody say, they beat them. Bible says, they beat them. Some of us get upset over just somebody talking about you. Text says, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Now watch this, verse 41 says, then they left the presence of the council moping. That's what it said. Says they left the presence of the council rejoicing. Are they out of their mind? That they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. The name of Jesus. Oh my. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. What a powerful passage. I could close the Bible and stop there. Look at the response the unorthodox response, which was orthodox in terms of lining up with Christianity and how we should respond. But it was unorthodox in comparison to the perspective of the world. Today, especially for the next few moments, want to talk with you and speak with you around your perspective. Somebody say, my perspective. My perspective. Never forget, man, when we moved here, uh, as I shared with you, and I always share things over and over again. You know, we have communion every week because not everybody is able to come to church every week. And not only this, but I share stories a lot and some of them similar details because not everybody, you know, I don't assume that everybody just knows our story and our journey. And so, we, you know, as we lived in California for 14 years, moved here to plant Serve City. And one of the challenges for us is when, no, we didn't live in California. We lived in the States for 14 years, Cali in, in, for two. Um, and, you know, we came back home and we connected because our desire is to make sure that we were not doing life alone. How many of you know that not only are you called not to do life alone, but you're also called not to do ministry alone? And so there's a lot of people, Lone Rangers, you know, I just need me and Jesus and all that. Uh, my wife and I, we planted three churches and we learned our lesson. And so we came here and we're like, we're not doing this by ourselves. But the fact of the matter is that not only are you just supposed to connect with anyone, Longest life's journey and in answering the call of God on your life, it's imperative that you connect with the right people. Come on, somebody. You know, birds of a feather, they really do flock together. And you can really tell uh, where you're headed by the company that you keep. I know these are all adages and, and things that your, your parents might have said to you, but they're the facts of life, fam. You know, I came and we connected with an organization I'll never forget along this journey and, you know, God had put in our heart this, this perspective that he had in regards to, you know, in regards to planting this church and doing so in 
we saw what it is that you're sitting in today. And we had an idea and, you know, in prayer and in seeking the Lord, God told us we needed to rent Morningside Movie Theater. We need to rent Morningside Movie Theater. So we were planning to do this and, you know, we were believing not only that we were going to this because God said it, that we were going to, um, you know, get the theater, which was something that was uncommon. Now everybody's in theaters, but when we were getting started, especially in the Malvern neighborhood, it was not it was not a common thing for us to have church in a theater. And so, you know, not only did I believe that it would work out, but I believed that God would also provide the resources. Not only this, God also told us to get a secondary location, which was our headquarters. If you've been around long enough, you remember the spot. I almost want to ask, how many of you have seen the spot? If you remember the spot, like three, four hands, five hands, ten, because it was a long time ago. It used to be our headquarters location right there at Morningside and Shepherd. And it was nuts, man, because when we got started and when we got going, the first conversations we had with some of these experts that were telling us what we were supposed to do, you know, they tried to tell us, no, that's too big for you to get at this time. They tried to say, no, you know what, uh, brother, you, you, you really need to consider your resources. You probably don't want to spend resources in that area you probably want to look at something a little bit smaller because in Canada the statistics show x y and z and what he didn't realize is that I was not building we were not building a church based on Canadian statistics but God called us and sent us here on an assignment come on somebody because in case you haven't realized, it's a lot of mess that is taking place here and patterns. And I'm telling you, we didn't come to build a popular church. That's why there's some stuff that you say, oh, well, why do you have to do? Because we are not trying to be popular. We are trying to be potent. And we are tired. Listen, man, I am tired of people getting lost to the Hebrew Israelites and all of these sorts of things. Come on, somebody. These religions and offshoot organizations that people are trying to find, watch this, identity in. And they're leaving Christianity because they don't think that Christianity has any sort of cultural value for their culture. When I love, I love that scripture makes it clear. We got guys like Thomas, the apostle Thomas, that is known for going to India. Come on, somebody. And bringing the gospel up there and the apostle to India. And so there are many apostolic traditions that come from India. Not only this, but we got guys like the Ethiopian eunuch. Can I just talk about it? That before the gospel even reached Europe as we know it today. That the gospel went over to Ethiopia. And that's why the same way you see the value and the belief that we have in regards to the Eucharist and the real presence of Christ and all of this. Even Ethiopians believe and hold to this. And the fact is they were never colonized. Oh, are you hearing me? So y'all think, oh, this is just, you just got this from Rome. Rome didn't even colonize Ethiopia. Come on, somebody. And they still had this. Why? Because it came from Christ. And so I'm trying to let you know I'm getting too excited already. And so the fact of the matter is we realize I'm not trying to build something that's popular. I'm not trying to be the new a fad or a trend. Because fads and trends come and go. 
And God told us to do what he told us to do. And we said, we're going to step out and do it. So they said, I remember I was talking to a friend. This is why you got to have the right friends in your ear. And he said, he said, bro, did God call you to build a church that's the status quo of Canada? He said, these people that are telling you, or did he call you to build a kingdom church that is going to reach this city and ultimately the nations and the nations of the world? And he said, if he told you to do that, you go and do it. And guess what? Not only did we go into that theater, but it's people who are here that people like Katrina that serve. Come on, somebody that got baptized here. We got families, people that were working in the movie theater, operating the projection system. When I'm making altar calls, seeing their hands going up. Y'all are here to talk to me today. And as a result, dedicating their babies, baptizing their family members, all because we said yes to the Lord in the face of opposition. And you know, people to be like, you know, brother, well, you just need to be humble. Yes, you need to walk with hum humility, but you need to confidently walk into everything that God has called you to. Come on, somebody. And there are many of you, watch this, here it is. You have got to move your perspective out of the way in order to walk into what it is that God has for you. Are y'all with me on today? I mean, if I had to listen, I mean, even when we first started and things looked a little challenging, because you know, when you first walk out into stuff, it seems a little shaky. And they're like, see, man, you need to close this down and you need to, you know, uh, move, move this out the way and all this stuff. And we're like, no, we're going to move you out the way. And we're going to say yes to the will and the way of the Lord. Are you with me? And so it's imperative for us to understand, man, I mean, that we've got to challenge and look at our perspective, look at our perspective and realize here it is because there are many people who will pop in your lives and they will challenge you around what has happened to them. And can I tell you that a lot of times, watch this, here's point number one for you. I didn't mean to start the party so early, but I want you to jump on this. Here we go. Don't let the negative experiences of others mold your perspective of yourself. See, a lot of times what people are trying to project their uh, insecurities on you. And the fact is you can't let the negative experiences of others mold your perspective of yourself. Because uh, just because that just because they were not necessarily successful at marriage doesn't mean that you can't be successful at marriage. And a lot of times, oh, are y'all going to be real with me today? A lot of times we allow the perspective of others to block, that they're projecting on us to block us from what it is that God is calling us to. You know, a lot of times we interact with people just because they couldn't, just because they couldn't get along with somebody else. We don't interact with some people. Just because that relationship or that friendship didn't work out with you and them doesn't mean that, we, that me and them can't be brethren's. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A lot of times we put ourselves in this perspective, in this position, and we allow the perspective of others to hinder us. And see, the thing is, I'm telling you, man, even if something failed for someone else, uh, the difference between you and them is if, that God, if God gave you a word, you better take that word to the bank. Because a lot of times, watch this, people fail at things because it's not the will of God for their life. And then when they fail, because it wasn't God's will for their lives, they try to tell you, look, see, if you do it this way, it's not going to work. But that's not God's will for my life. 
And so many times we have to move the perspective of others out of the way. I love it, man, when we're talking about perspective. Look at these individuals. We learn they got beaten for declaring the gospel and they left rejoicing. Were they out of their mind? Yes. They were out of their mind because they were, as the Bible says, don't be conformed to this world. Come on, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't be conformed, but be uh, transformed by the renewing of your mind. Come on, somebody. You got to get to the place where you are not allowing the world's perspective to frame your mind. They saw themselves as blessed because they were insulted for the sake of Christ. If you're suffering, it shouldn't be because of evil doing. But if you're going to suffer or if you're going to experience challenges or people going to talk about you, let it be because you are following what God has called you and told you to do. We have almost baptized 100 people in this church. Come on, somebody. Coming up on 100 people that have been baptized at Surf City since we started. If we said no, we're going to do it your way believe that we would not be experiencing what it is that God has told us to do and realize I'm not nullifying wisdom I'm not telling you not to listen to here it is watch this to trusted people in your life to trusted godly people a lot of you are, are I'm not going to say that word I can't do that from here uh, a lot of you are giving yourselves over to people come on who don't even wouldn't even buy you an apple seed and you are out here crafting your whole life because they gave you a thumbs down on your YouTube channel or because they didn't like your picture. Y'all going to talk with me today uh, because they, do, you know, oh my gosh. And they, lots of these people operating in witchcraft, manipulation. Come on. You see, some of y'all think hocus pocus is the only form of witchcraft. Fact of the matter is there are people that are trying to manipulate you with their behavior. And if they can get you to operate a certain way or to hinder you from making movements in a certain way, or oh, I just feel like I have to stand against this today, then they will be successful in their agenda. But you ought to get to the place where you say that my mind is not focused on the things of this world. Come on, somebody. My mind is not thinking or being formed or fashioned after the patterns of this world. Instead, I am focusing on and pursuing what it is that God has called me to walk out. And if you don't like it, you can to the left, to the left. So yes, walk in wisdom and counsel. Because people say, oh, you know, let a thing be established in the two or three witnesses. You know, you got to follow wisdom. Yes, but I got to follow godly wisdom. And I got to follow the wisdom of people who have my back. Come on, somebody. Uh, not... Uh, people not just people that are that are there for me when everything is is going cool and whatever but you know that they're stabbing you they're smiling in the front and stabbing you in the back you gotta be there for people and following the perspective of people who are trustworthy and so it's important because we have to check our perspective somebody say check my perspective here it is. Now, I want us to go because look at those disciples. I think that is such a great feel. No, we don't want people to beat us and we don't want to be persecuted. That's not the point. But as the scripture says, in everything, give thanks. And you, can, you should be able, even in the middle of suffering, because you know God. See, that's why a lot of people wonder, why are you dancing all the time? Why are we always running around dancing, jumping stuff? Because in the middle of the stuff I'm going through, I know God is still in control. Yeah. 
And I know that is Romans 8.28 says he can take all things and work them together for my good. So in the middle of loss, I'm going to dance. My cussing, my throwing fingers, come on, sorry, my getting drunk, that's just going to make things worse. My binging until I don't have no more eyelids, that's going to make things worse. At the end of the day, we got to get to the place where we operate, move our perspective out the way, uh, check our perspective and move the perspectives of others out of the way. I want to share this with you, Numbers chapter 13. What book did I say? For the last few moments here that I have, I want to just share a few points. Now, uh, the opening scripture actually was around this promise that God made to the Israelites when he promised to deliver them out of Egyptian bondage. He promised to bring them into a land of flowing with milk and honey, which in that time it was one that those two combinations. Some people be like, why would I want to eat, drink milk and honey, fam? The fact is that it was just representing that it was a prosperous land. And indeed, God made this promise. He would bring them out of bondage and he would bring them into the land of Canaan. And so they end up getting to the place where there were spies. Somebody say spies. That they sent to suss out the land to see if indeed it was what God had promised. Are y'all with me? So there's the background. Here we are. Numbers chapter 13. I want to read from verse 25. Here we go. And I'm going to jump right in for the sake of time. Bible says, at the end of the 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them, here it is, the fruit of the land. Someone say, the fruit of the land. This is so powerful. Watch verse 27. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. So they send spies, they go into the land, they suss it out, and they find out that indeed it is exactly as God told them. And I'm just challenging you around your perspective today. Because when you hear me see per se perspective, you oftentimes will think of your eyes and what you see. But can I tell you, here's point number two for you. Seeing is not always believing. Oh, I want to help you to understand this. A lot of people run around saying, if I could just see it, then I would believe it. Come on. The fact, uh, the, there are many of you that are like, well, if Jesus would just show up to me right now, if Jesus would just show up to me right now and walk up and say, follow me, then I'll follow him. How many of you know that there were people that were walking around with him for literally three and a half, he was 33 years. And even with all the scripture that pointed to him, even with all the miracles that he did right in front of them, there were still many of them who did not believe. Seeing is not always believing. And so when I'm talking to you in regards to your perspective, it's not about what you see in front of you. You have to look past what you see to what God said. Oh. I need you to just yell that across the room uh, to somebody down your neighborhood. Tell them, neighbor. Oh neighbor, you got to look past what you see to what God said. 
even though they went and they saw it bible makes it clear look man i mean i don't know what you're up against i don't know what you've been seeing uh, and there are many of you that what you're seeing is in contradiction to what it is that god has said come on and the fact of the matter is which i'm getting to in a moment you have been allowing the devil to punk you and people to punk you and cause you to move to the left or to the right many of you looking around and seeing fruit that God's promise that you are on the cusp of the promise but even seeing the fruit of the promise you're still doubting that the promise is ahead seeing is not always believing this is why Jesus says in John 20 verse 28 and 29 you can write it down I'm not going to go there he says at the in the in verse 29 blessed are those who do not see and believe are you with me now look here we go in the text 28 however because this is the however so they went and they saw that what God promised was there the land had milk and honey here is the fruit all this stuff but this is where it starts however the people who dwell in the land verse 28 are strong and the cities are fortified and very large and besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of Negites, the uh, Negab, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. And so there, they saw the fruit, they peeped the fruit, and they got in the land. It was, I mean, they, they saw that it was what God said, but then right after this, there are, they talk, start talking about all of the opposition that's there to stop them from getting what it is that God has told them. Can I tell you this today, man? Can I tell you this? Watch this. God always leaves room for the key of faith at the door of his promises. Here, let me say it again. Think it, think it. God always leaves room for the key of faith at the door of his promises. I want you to understand. I want you to note this. Uh, fact of the matter is uh, that God always leaves room. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, it says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those of us that are coming to him must first believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them who diligently seek him. And so God is never there. Many of you that are like, man, why couldn't I just cross the finish line? Why couldn't I just make it in? Come on, somebody. Why couldn't I just show up to the gate? And they're like, and all of the giants show up and they're like, welcome into Canaan. Why do they have to stand against me? Because what God has called you to, he didn't call you based on his ab your ability. He called you based on his ability. Come on, somebody. And many of you, you've got to move your perspective out of the way. Come on in here. And you got to get to the place where you release and realize, put your faith in God that he indeed will bring to pass what he has promised. Are you with me? There's always going to be room. And I don't know what it is right now where you're at the end of this thing and you see it and you're like, man, it looks like it's about to be over. What on earth is, am I supposed to do? How can I handle this? How can I deal with this in the middle of it? And especially when, watch this, people are showing up bringing bad reports. Isn't it crazy? I'm telling you. Not only is there room at that point for God 
to, uh, for faith to be able to be present in every, at the door of every situation. But how many of you know that many times, oftentimes, we are in a position, a situation, when then God will start causing or allow certain phone calls to come through. And you start getting letters in the mail. And then you start, watch this. Isn't it crazy? You know how they track you uh, when you say stuff or whatever. And then you open your phone and you see something opposing what you're believing. You're scrolling and then you're seeing what other people are saying. And then you come across a Google review. And then you saw somebody that died because of what you're up against. Oh, can I just keep it real? And you're like, man, how on earth? Or you know, and then somebody reminds you, you know, all of the women in my family perished because of all of them oh my can i just talk about it today i want to come for all of that down in this place and god has promised you uh women in my family can't have children or uh you know every single one you gotta get to the place here's the text watch this look in the text bible says in verse 30 after they say all that but caleb quieted the people before moses in other words you're not going to talk this mess in front of my leader and said, let us go up at once and occupy it. For we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able. So Caleb stills the people. Caleb quiets the people. Come on, somebody. Caleb quiets the people. Every now and again, you need to get an at, at, at. Y'all look. You need to just get one of them in your spirit. I know all y'all coming around. I know what you have to say, but it's okay, dear heart. You go in peace and serve the Lord. And as for me and my house, we're going to continue to believe what it is. Oh, y'all aren't here with me today. You got it. Here's number four. Quiet the voices that oppose God's plan for your life. If God has said it, you ought to believe it and you ought to cling to it. I don't care what you see. Move your perspective out of the way. Come on. For I'm not walking by sight. I'm walking by faith. I'm believing that if he said it, it's going to happen. I don't care how much money is in my bank account right now. I don't care what the doctor said. I'm going to do whatever he can say what he says and I'm going to do what God says. Because I'm believing I'm believing that if he said it, it's going to come to pass. I love, this is a good one to write down. I'm done, but I, this is a good one to write down. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 through 5. Here it is. Bible says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh. He says, for the weapons, I'm reading the King James, of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Here it is. Casting down imaginations and every high thing I don't care what its title is every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ I don't care what imagination and that's why some of y'all need to stop watching stuff not watch this not because it is a sin for you to watch it but in many cases it's causing you to sin it's in causing imaginations to come in your mind that are opposing what it is that God has told you. Come on, somebody. There are people that you listen to. There's a kajillion TEDx talks of people saying stuff that sounds cute, but opposes God's word and his promises for your life and is pulling you away from what he's called you to. And you got to, uh, 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 no thanks. We're moving forward. We're quieting every opposing voice. We're pulling it down. 
And I want you, I want you to get to this because then now they talk about giants. And the giants that they talk about, they said they're giants in the land. And I want you to tell you, man, don't base your perspective on the size of your opposition. Found it on God. There's nothing bigger than your God. But oftentimes what's in front of us is bigger than us. But aren't you glad that greater is he that is in me? Come on, 1 John 4, 4. Then he that is in the world. I don't know what you're up against today, but I encourage you. I encourage you to shift your perspective. Move it over. Pull stuff down. Do whatever you got to do to cling to God's word. So you can be found like these disciples, rejoicing even in the middle of persecution. If that was a blessing to you, go ahead and put those hands together and give the Lord the praise.